Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Staffs Podcast. We were joined by Matty Patterson, former Newcastle, Norwich and Sundowns midfielder and we are releasing the full chat we had with him. You can check out this article and many other great articles on the Staffs website. On this episode, we are tackling the topics of Newcastle's pending takeover, the difficulties of being an academy manager, and Matty's future ambitions of being a football manager. So, yes, um, enjoy. Basically, I want to start off with um, yourself early in your career. Um, I know you obviously were in the Newcastle Academy and you played major Premier League debut there. So what yeah. do you think about um, the pending takeover that's apparently coming soon? Um, it's obviously I want it to, want it to happen. Um, you know, it's something that's probably the, the club needs. It's needed for a, for a long time now. Um, they just seem to be going in under Mike Ashley, they just don't seem to have a direction that they, they want to go in. Um, you know, it seems to to be a case of more trying to make as much money out the players or the club as possible. Um, and it's not sitting well with the fans. So, you know, they're desperate to get a, to get the new owners in and, and get the club going in a, in, a, in a direction where they bring quality players in and they start playing and competing for, you know, for, for leagues and, and cups. And that's where the club wants to be. You know, they, they, that's where they were probably sort of 20 years ago um, and they want to get back to those sort of days. Yeah, I mean, def- I think the, the possibility is definitely there with the right owners and maybe purchasing the right players and putting in the right structure. I also believe like Mike, Ash- Mike Ashley and Newcastle were just not the perfect fix. And I thought... The managers were, you know, not the best as well. When you've got like Rafa Benitez and they let him go because he was had complaints about the training ground, et cetera, et cetera. But well, what I've read now is the owners will, you know, not um, put so much money into the playing squad, but invest in the, the area and um, the training ground, which apparently needs a lot of work. Yeah, it's, it's and I think they'll probably go right from the bottom up. They'll work on the academy. They'll do, they'll put loads of links within the area um, to try and build, build that, that foundation that they need. Um, you know, so that's, as well as a playing squad, I think they'll get everything right. And, um, you know, you'll get a similar sort of thing happening with, you know, what happened with Man City. Um, you know, which at the time probably weren't nowhere near as big a club, I think, as Newcastle. Um, when they got all the money invested in them, you know, so it shows you that it, it, it can work, uh, you know, all the, all the money getting put in, but they need to get the right manager in. And obviously they need to recruit the right players as well. It's not just a case of bringing anyone in. They need to, it needs to be right, right fit for the club and the, you know, in the city as well. Yeah. Just a quick, would you like uh, stick with twist with Steve Bruce, give him a shot at uh, building a new team, a new club. <clears throat> Uh, me personally, I, I don't think I would know. Um, you know, with with that type of wealth that they'll bring into the club, I think 
there'll be so many, so many top, top options. And me personally, I'd have to go, I think, with the likes of a Pochettino, um, you know, who, who worked wonders with a, with a budget he had at Spurs and, uh, and just someone I, I, I really admire, um, holds himself well, uh, you know, really made an effort when he came to the country to learn the language and, and engage with, with the media. Uh, and I think he'd done a, done a very good job. Okay. So moving forward, um, you obviously played for Newcastle, Norwich and in South Africa where I obviously followed you the most at Sundowns, Fitz and Santos. And coaching now, um, or you were coaching at Wickham, but um, is there any manager in particular that you looked up to or you took a lot of inspiration from during your playing career? I'd probably have to say, well, there'd be a, there'd be a, lot, a lot of of managers, all different ones. Um, you take you take different things from all of them. Um, you know, lucky enough to got a chance to work with Bobby Robson for a short spell. Uh, he gave me my first 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 taste of first team football. You know, a lot of years ago. So, you know, to get to work with him and his coaching staff for a short spell before he left the club was was fantastic. Um, you know, Glenn Roder, probably my biggest sort of, um, not to say fan, but he, he probably done the most for my career, giving me, a, giving me my, my break, you know, in Newcastle and then taking me to Norwich as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably take a lot from, from all of them, um, you know, in, diff in different things. But I, I, obviously, as a manager, I think you've got to, you've got to become your own, your own person and you're, you have your own ideas, your own philosophy. Um, and then you just take little traits from from different different managers that you've worked with or you've you come across in in, in football, yeah. uh, which is that's the, I suppose that's the beauty of it. Okay, and moving on to now your role as academy director, are you enjoying that role? Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it came. It's all happened so quickly, uh, and I was obviously still I'm still sort of part playing now at the moment as well. But the coaching side. Just came out of the blue, uh, you know. The assistant manager at Gated was a is a friend of mine, and he and he contacted me beginning of the season, just asking if I would be if I'd be open to the to the role. He knew I was I was taking my necessary badges um, at the time, coaching badges. So it was just a perfect fit for me, um, you know, to write on my doorstep. Uh, good club. I played there before. I knew what it was about. Um, and getting a chance to work with the younger players is, is, was the perfect fit at the, at the time, and it still is. And it's just, it's a great experience, and it gives me, you know, like I've said, a lot, a lot, of, um, a lot of key things to, to keep progressing in, in, in coaching. Um, you know, I'm still doing that academy role now, but I've moved up with the first team, and, and I'm doing, you know, coaching, coaching a lot more with them as well, and being involved on, on match days, etc. So that's, it's been a, a really positive progression. Okay. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of uh, academy directors who well, in the Premier League um, say that it's probably one of the most difficult things to um, develop players ready for the Premier League. Um, so lower down the pyramid, would you say that it's more difficult or um, easier to develop players? Because, I mean, it's not notoriously known for being the most technical leagues, but... Um, there are teams who play good football down there, like uh, Barrow. But would you would you say it's easier to develop players? Um, it's 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 tough now. Obviously, in the Premier League, it's it's really tough because of the the, the finance that's involved, and um, 
you know, trying to get young players through the academy systems when you've got so much money to throw it at players now from foreign countries and or other, you know, other teams in the Premier League with it on as as well off as certain teams, you can just throw money at it. Um, so it becomes really difficult to develop a young player. Um, and you've seen the likes of a few players like Jordan Sancho going abroad to go get experience and it's turned out it's worked really well for him. Um, I think opportunities are limited in England now with homegrown players um, just because of the money involved. Uh, lower, that, lower down the league, it's, it's easier, but it's still, it's still difficult because the, the, the physicality side's a little bit different. The, low, the lower down you go, it becomes a lot more physical. You know, teams are a lot harder to play against. Um, a lot of route one football, uh, which is just, you know, getting the ball from from back to front as quick as possible. Um, and sometimes it, it can bypass young players when, you know, if they're technically good players and they want to be on the ball, they've got to try and adapt the game because it doesn't always happen like that, especially, you know, that lower down the pyramid you go and you've got to take weather conditions into account. Sometimes, you, it's, honestly, it's really tough to play to play sometimes and, and you know it, it, it's a that's why it's a it's really important for young players who are playing in you know the top academies to come and come down the pyramid and get that experience and that's what a lot of them tend to do you know loans are to to clubs like your barrow um where you can get fantastic experience you know we we've got a lad who, who came through our academy system at gated who plays for barrow now he's on loan from blackburn you know, and he, ca he came from our, our academy system and he's, and he's obviously getting that vital experience at Barrow now that he needs to try and progress at, at, at Blackburn Rovers. Um, so I would certainly say it's easier to, to develop players lower down the leagues, but you still have to, you still have, to have that, that quality that's needed. Yeah. And balancing the qualities you have between the roles of coaching first-team players and coaching um, academy players, because maybe during when you're coaching first team players it's more involved on their game for lack of a better term and when coaching an academy it's more coach developing their game as well but um teaching them life lessons as well because they're <coughs> young teenagers or young adults and they're still learning life and the game do you find it difficult like changing your qualities to fit the role that you've been asking to perform yeah, like you said, they're completely different because at first team level, everything's result based. You know, so you sometimes haven't got that luxury to just put a player in and and, and hope that he's gonna he's gonna hit the ground running. Um, because at the end of the day, you need you need the results. You want to be as high up the league as possible. Um, in academy football, you like you say, it's it's completely different. Yes, you, you're teaching them their, all the technical stuff on a daily basis, but. Um, <clears throat> The most important thing, like I say, is that is the life lessons. The mental side of the game is probably even even bigger and more important to try and get them, you know, to understand that it's not easy. It's not going to, you know, things aren't always going to go their way. But they've got to be strong enough mentally to deal with it. Um, and there's also challenges. They've got the sacrifices that need to be made. Um, so it's all about it's more. Yeah, it's more so trying to develop the whole the whole sort of person. Um, not just from a football point of view, but also off the field, um, which I find quite, quite. I, I do enjoy it, and you get you get a you do get a reward when you see them performing on a match day, or whether if they're getting called up to the first team and they're joining in training, or they get involved in a match match day squad for the first team. It's a 
it's good for me because it's you know it shows that that what I've been sort of teaching them or you know going through working with them on is is you know it's it's paying off. Yeah, and um, going forward, um, obviously you've been a manager yourself and now you're a coach. Do you have any future ambitions to um, further your career in management? And if so, would South, would South Africa be an option? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's certainly something that, that that's why I'm taking my badges at the end of the day. Um, you know, I've just obviously completed my B, B license. Uh, so I'll probably keep, keep going and, and getting as qualified as I can. But uh, and along the way, getting, getting all the invaluable experience that I'm getting at the minute. Uh, and, you know, Wickham was a, was a fantastic experience for me, even though it didn't go very well. It was a, it was a, an eye opener and it was something that yeah. probably came a little bit too soon, too soon in my coaching career, but it was a good experience um, and definitely something that'll, that'll sort of help me in the future. Um, you know, it's definitely something that I look at doing, doing again, if the, if the right opportunity comes up and like you say there, I would never rule out a possible return to South Africa because, you know, I obviously know, know the league I've played there. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity to come out there and it would be, the standard's good, um, you know, and I, I thoroughly enjoy my time in South Africa. Okay. Um, yeah, moving back to your playing career, I mean, I know you struggled with injuries in the beginning and your time in sort of England was cut short before you came to South Africa. Do you have any sort of regrets or are you happy with what you accomplished throughout your great career yeah you can always look at you can always look at things in hindsight and um things could happen differently or things could have went better or you know or and there's been times that, that have been you know really really good in my career uh i would never regret coming out to south africa because it was a great experience for me um and it just opened my eyes to another world out there it became it was something that I, in the end, I didn't want to leave, to be honest. Um, you know, but at the time, obviously, I had a, gosh, well, my wife and kids, I, we just had our second daughter and it just became a bit difficult to, to keep commuting between the two and it just took a bit of a toll on us. So, you know, in an ideal scenario, I probably would have stayed in South Africa playing for, to, and I would have seen my career out there. Uh, that would have been probably the, the best option for me. Um, you know, but uh, I love my time out there. Could I, could I maybe have stayed at Norwich a little bit longer before I came to South Africa? Possibly, because I ended up going, having back-to-back -back promotions from League One to the Premier League under Paul Lambert, um, which I could have stayed there. I still had two years left on my contract. So when you look at things like that, you know, you sometimes weigh up whether it was a good move or not. But like I said, I could never say that South Africa wasn't a good move because I, I loved it. And, I, and even there, there's, I would never rule out going back again on, in a, on a, in a, under a different role. Okay, thanks. And um, lastly, with the current situation, um, I mean, I stand on the side of the football clubs where it's a business and every sort of business has to have plans to return to operations, just like any other sector. But uh, football seems to be sort of... Um, a controversial, controversial one where it seems like a lot of people just want to attack the plans. Would you say it's a unfair 
for from your side, from the coaches and the players who want to return to their jobs, basically, and people having unnecessary criticisms of that desire? I just think it's uh, it's probably it's just one of the, one of them scenarios that there's no right answer because it's no matter which way you look at it, somebody's gonna somebody isn't gonna be happy. Um, you know, and you've seen you've seen the Bundesliga going back, and the Premier League is going to start again. You know, sort of a couple of weeks into June, um, <coughs> and you know, like I mentioned before, with the finances, they've got the ability to to be able to cope with with going back and and they testing regularly. They you know stuff like that. Where lower down the pyramid, you haven't got the, that luxury. Um, you know, and and clubs like like Gated or uh, you know Wickham even. They rely on on the money from the the fans coming in to pay wages, and and if that if that doesn't happen, which you know we're talking about playing behind closed doors, if we can't get the fans through the gates, we can't play we can't pay players' wages. So yeah. it becomes it becomes a much more complex situation compared to the Premier League, where all the money is there. They can they don't necessarily yes they need the fans through the gate, but they can afford to pay players anyway um, with the massive with a massive funding they get from the Premier League. Um, and it's just one of those things, yes, me as a coach and, and as a player still, uh, we want to we get back as soon as possible because we're missing it and we want to get back, you know, fit again and playing games and, and start in the league again. But at the same time, just nobody's sure what, what implication that's going to have or, or, you know, whether we're going to, there's going to be people coming down with, with the virus if we, if we start contact again. Um, yeah. I suppose in, in many ways the way it's happened sort of towards the end of the season and they've just they've finished the season off is probably it's probably been a bit of a blessing because it does give us another probably another two months where we would have had an off season, a bit yeah. similar to yourselves, to go in to go and get try and get ourselves going again. Um and just gives us that little bit more time. Now, I don't know how what's happening in South Africa at the moment in terms of the league and stuff. I did hear that they wanted to finish it off like within a couple of weeks in down in Durban, I think, did they? Yeah. Um, well, we're going to entering a new stage of lockdown at the end of this month. So they want to resume training uh, from June, basically, and then see how the virus develops and then we'll return from there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. I hope you're keeping well during this tough time, keeping busy. I'm sure your kids are keeping you busy as well, but yeah, I really appreciate it.